today's Leading Women episode 509 with the wonderful Lisa Cruci. Women all over the world, get ready for inspiring and empowering interviews from women at the top of their field who are kicking butt in their business and who are prepared to share shocking revelations from being in the limelight. You are now listening to Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg. Podcast your passion. Yes, did you know you can podcast your passion, make a difference, and make money talking about what you love talking about? That's how I get to do what I'm doing, talking to wonderful women every day. Here are today's leading women. Want to learn how I did it? Go to podcastyourpassion.com. That's www.podcastyourpassion.com. Yes, women of the world, let's get started. I am delighted to introduce you our amazing guest for today, Lisa Cruzi. Lisa Cruzi is a 40-year-old business owner, wife, and mother of two girls with another baby girl on the way. Lisa liquidates estates and does consulting for estate sale ops, mompreneurs, and those branding their own estate and antique businesses. Lisa is known as the estate mama. As an estate seller, she combines her passion for researching and preserving heirlooms with her passion for helping people and solving problems. To learn more about Lisa and what she does, visit www.estatefusion.com. Again, that's www.estatefusion.com estatefusion.com. Women of the world, Miss Lisa Cruzzi. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. I am delighted to have you in the show and I'm sure our listeners are as well. So Lisa, I really love what you're doing with your business and I love your name, The Estates Mama. You really narrowed it down. You are a success in your own right. You put in the effort, you know, the sweat equity, the knowledge and experience to build a special business you call your own. As a result of that, our listeners really want to get to know you and I want to provide that conduit, you know, that bridge between you and our listeners. So here are some cool questions that we can talk about. Feel free to comment and talk about them, but these are just general questions I have in mind. So let's start with your business. You know, there might be people out there who want to start one and have no clue how to go about it. Can you tell us more about your business and the idea behind a niche? Yes, absolutely. I am an estate liquidator and an estate appraiser. Um, we don't work with real estate. We work with all the things, you know, inside of a home, personal property. Um, and a lot of the clients who hire me have a life transition that they're dealing with, whether they're moving somebody into an assisted living home, or they might have, uh, you know, a loved one that passed away, or even they just could be moving to a new home or downsizing, you know, maybe they're retiring or, um, they have a new job offer. Some of my younger families, you know, they've got a great job in another state and they're they're going to have to, you know, move and kind of leave behind all their assets, um, you know, personal assets, and it just gets liquidated. Um, so, you know, that's who most of my clients are. And I learned a lot about market valuation when I first, you know, worked out of college. I was a um, expert in the paintings department at an auction house. So I learned how to, you know, value things, how to market things. And I just kind of learned about the industry starting that way. Um, and 
I always knew that I would be good as an estate seller. Um, after I worked for the auction house, I did just appraisals where I did valuations, you know, for insurance purposes or something like that. And when we moved to California, we we came here from Pennsylvania. So I went through the experience that so many of my clients go through of, you know, having a whole entire house full of things and what are you going to do with it? Are you going to pack it and move it or, um, you know, find people to take it or sell it? Um, so I went through that experience and then I came here and I thought, um, I didn't know anybody. And I had, after I had my daughter, that my first daughter that was four months old. And I remember I said to my husband, I really need, you know, something to do because I don't know people here. And, you know, I have the baby and she's great, but I need other things to do besides just taking care of her. So we talked about, you know, what I could do. And I said, I've always loved estate sales and I've always thought I would be good at it. So before I really make any friends in the industry or anything like that, I'm going to go ahead and open up, you know, my estate sale business. And now I know, you know, so many people who are doing estate sales or who ask me about it. So I'm also expanding into doing, you know, business to business and consulting services for people who have estate sale businesses um, or who are thinking of starting them or maybe they're expanding them um, and helping them to, you know, really get solid tools and, you know, help that they need. Because I think it's an industry that attracts people who really like to help other people. I feel like I help my family so much. Um, and we have to remember as estate liquidators and business owners that, you know, we have to stay in control and set boundaries and make sure that when we do help families, it's going to be profitable. And the time that we spend away from our own families has to, you know, merit the work and attention that we give to somebody else. Mm, I love what I'm hearing about your story and how you got started, how you birthed that expertise and married on with your passion and birthed it to what it is right now. Great that you have this niche uh, as well, Carvar, uh, because this is so niche that I'm sure a lot of people in the in the industry can benefit from. So I love that you have this one out there. But what continues to inspire you during this business? Well. I think, you know, for me, I just really love helping people. And that's one of the things that really inspires me. I feel like I get to help people. And I love researching heirlooms. I really love the part of my job when I go in and I see what's there and I find and uncover hidden treasures, you know, on my um, expertestates.com website for my estate sale clients. I have and a treasures checklist. So, you know, it's all the places where we've found unusual things or jewelry um, or silver. And, you know, I love that. And, you know, as I keep working in the industry and I realize how much I love working with people and helping them, and so many people who have come to me and said, you know, oh, I love what you do, or this seems like it'd be so much fun. And it's inspiring to me um, you know, to see the excitement that comes on that sale day when we open up. Um, of course, a lot of people don't realize all the work that goes in behind the scenes, you know, the, the estates sometimes, you know, can be, some of them are very orderly and, and organized, but some of them, when we start, maybe somebody has been living there and they're sick or they can't, you know, see very well anymore, or maybe the home has been empty. So there's a lot of work that we have to put in to our sales to make them look 
you know, really professional and it kind of seems like a store when people come in and everything is priced and staged and we've gotten everything out of the drawers and, you know, so that people can see what's there. Um, so that's always really inspiring that moment that we open the door and people come in and they're so excited for the sale. And I feel like I've done a great job for my families and I hear from other people who, you know, think that maybe an estate sale business would be good for them. I mean, it's just amazing. Mm, absolutely. I mean, there's nothing as uh, fulfilling and gratifying than uh, being able to help other people with their expertise and uh, especially with you, finding treasures for them. I mean, I could see the excitement. I could see the the, the joy in your clients' uh, the faces and uh, as you do this with them, as you help them with this. A great inspiration. But let's talk about how you prepared for success that turned this idea or that turned this inspiration into a reality. Can you share our listeners what are some of your personality traits or your top three personal qualities that help you become a successful entrepreneur that our listeners can learn from? Absolutely. I think one of the key things that makes me successful is just um, open communication and managing people's expectations. So I'm always careful about what I promise to my clients. Um, I would rather under-promise something and and then over-deliver for them than to, you know, just promise them the sun and the stars and the moon and then they're disappointed because, you know, it didn't do what they expected. So I am very careful about, you know, being very honest and managing their expectations of what is possible and, and what is realistic. Um, it seems like there's two different types of you know, groups in that come to us. Some of them think, you know, gosh, this is just all junk and I just would give it away. I just can't stand it. And I just need it emptied out. And they're amazed at how much we sell things for. And then others who, you know, have very high expectations of what they think, you know, the market will bring. And really right now there are so many people who are liquidating things and there's so much available. It's not like 25 years ago when you, you know, couldn't see things except if you walked into an antique store in person. Now people can find things on eBay and on Craigslist and, you know, there's just a lot more out there and things are a lot more accessible. Um, so managing people's expectations um, and then honesty. I think that, you know, being in my particular business, um, you know, being able to be honest with people and that people know that they can trust me with their heirlooms. If we find something that's valuable that they didn't know about, I will disclose that to them and talk to them about what's what are we going to do with this? Um, you know, is it something that the family should be getting back or is it something that, um, you know, should be sold maybe in an auction instead of in the sale? So just being honest and, um, you know, being a steward of their family's things. And then, of course, the other trait is, you know, your your bottom line. So, you know, when your sale is going forward and you have an issue come up or a problem come coming up, um, I've seen other people in the industry who sometimes they can be confronted with a problem and they kind of just move ahead and they think, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to lose money and it's just part of a learning curve and uh, you know, I can't wait to get on to my next sale because I'm going to lose money on this sale. But honestly, if you communicate with your client and if you have a solid contract, um, you know, 
there's no reason to to go forward because you've agreed to something with your client and you just maybe have to communicate with them um, and make sure that the sale that you're conducting is what the two of you agreed to because you do have that contract and they're going to expect you to hold up your end of it. So the things that they promised, you know, to you, whether it's that you can set the prices or that they're not going to remove things from the sale, um, you have to, as an entrepreneur, make sure that they are held to the same standard that you are as your client, um, because you have to watch out for your bottom line. Mm, great uh, qualities or traits here that uh, um, uh, Lisa just shared with us. And the good news is that we can all cultivate and adopt these qualities or these traits or these values that Lisa just shared with us. I mean, having the open communication and managing people's expectations, honesty, watching for a bottom line. This is our huge qualities that we can all cultivate and that will serve us well. So again, thanks for sharing those. Now, let's yeah. talk about what happened when you started your journey as an entrepreneur. You know, as entrepreneurs, we face daily challenges that define our being. And to get through those challenges takes a very special person. And our audience wants to know that special person in you. So what have been your biggest challenges building your business? And how have you addressed or overcame those barriers to success that a lot of women entrepreneurs face today? Sure. Yeah. Well, having your own business means, you know, you're the one that's going to be responsible when there's a problem. So the, it's those same things of the communication, you know, sometimes I've done over a hundred estate sales. So of course, sometimes there's a problem that comes up and, you know, I have to be the one to address it with my clients, um, you know, to, to work with an attorney sometimes even for help and guidance um, I've always been able to, I've never had to go to court with anybody, but I've always been able to work things out on my own. Um, but reminding the family of our contract, again, going back to that, um, when there's a violation by one of our clients, that's very, very difficult. Um, I had an estate sale recently where neighbors were unhappy that we had a sale in a gated community and they had called the fire department and the code enforcement and um, the police even to try to get us to shut down our sale. And I couldn't do that as a business owner. I had a contract with my client and, you know, I had invested a lot of money in doing a sale. Um, you know, I had paid all my staff to set everything up and I had advertised and I had people coming. So I had to be really strong and make sure that, you know, I talked to my attorney and knew what my rights were so that I could, you know, continue with what my business needed to do for this family. Um, staffing issues have been obviously something that's that can be challenging if you have a business where you're, you know, not the only one. I couldn't do all of this work myself. I'd need a crew to help me. Um, if I tried to set up an estate sale by myself, it would take me three months maybe for some of my estates. And obviously my clients can't wait that long. So I need to have staff. Um, so hiring people when someone has has unfortunately been let go or sometimes as a small business owner, I can't offer the same competitive things that some of my employees can later find, like they might find a job that offers healthcare benefits. I would love to offer them that, but I just can't afford to right now. Um, so 
those are difficult things when I have, you know, a big challenge when I have something that comes up and somebody that I really rely on and trust and need. And, you know, they, they have found something that I'm happy for them because, you know, now they, they're getting benefits and other things that I couldn't offer them, but I do have to stay focused on what I need to do to keep my business moving forward and, you know, just take the next step and find time to find the right person. Um, and then of course, being, um, being a mom and a wife, your work-life balance, you know, when you're, when you're setting up your business and, and succeeding and you get so many requests for jobs and, um, you know, and work and, and the work that I do can be extra difficult because, you know, it's a lot of times our sales are the weekends. So if I, you know, let myself be booked constantly, I would really never see my husband because he works usually, you know, Monday through Friday. Um, so I have to make sure that I can set up boundaries and, you know, maintain that work-life balance. Um, recently I had a client who had asked me to change my sale and adding in an extra day. And I told them, you know, well, I could do a four-day sale, but, and I told them, you know, it would cost an extra amount for the staffing to cover that extra day. And as soon as I told them that, then they said, oh no, okay, just do a three-day sale because, um, you know, they didn't, they, they would let me absorb the expense, but they wouldn't absorb the expense themselves. And I, and I explained that I really didn't think that they needed that. Um, but that would have meant again, another, you know, day of me, you know, uh, instead of a Sunday with my family, that would be a Sunday where I would be getting phone calls. Even if I wasn't there, I would be getting phone calls every time there was a problem or an issue, um, you know, that I'm going to be the one that they're going to go to that needs to deal with that. Hmm, huge lessons in those challenges that you just shared with us. And you also touched upon the work-life balance that I'm sure a lot of us struggle with. I know I struggle with this on a daily basis, but I really love those tips that you shared with us. I mean, carving out time for your family, setting boundaries, setting expectations. And when you, um, when you happen to experience these challenges that um, Lisa just shared with us, you now know what to do because she's, she's explained, she's shared with us her lessons and how she was able to overcome them, plus her tips in terms of work-life balance. All right, let's talk about success and what success means to you. Your business appears to be financially doing quite well. And with that success flows into other areas in the entrepreneur's life. Now, we'd like to also say that success is a mindset. I can have $10 in my pocket, but my mind feels like a millionaire. I feel great about myself and I'm moving forward. The opposite way will be a multi-billionaire and be totally miserable. So am I successful? Financially, yes. Individually, probably not. So in your journey as an entrepreneur, what does success mean to you? And what are some of the benchmarks that you use to measure your success? Mm-hmm. Well, when I started my business, I did set up a three-year business plan. Um, and I reached all of my goals for expanding for each of my first three years in business. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, just defining what it is that you're hoping to achieve can help you with staying focused and making sure that you do achieve it. Um, and then being financially independent, the fact that I can turn down jobs that I don't want. Um, 
and I can schedule vacations when I want them. Those are all really important to me as a small business owner. I know a lot of people who run their own businesses and they maybe feel that they can't ever go any place or spend any time away from their business or that they have to be, you know, they they won't want to hire. I I have a staff that helps me and a lot of times my staff, you know, I've trained them and they can be there you know, while I'm talking to you, they can be setting up an estate for me and I don't have to be there on site personally with them all the time because I know that they've been trained and I know that they're trustworthy and they know when to call me and when to let me know what they need. Um, so that's something that for me, I've I've defined as, as part of my success is being able to, you know, have my business and do the things that I want to do and the work that I want to do. Um, but I don't have to be there all the time. I don't have to be the only person kind of just babysitting over everything and never being able to take time away. Um, the estate sale industry is great because it does allow you for that kind of flexibility. In my first year, I only did one estate sale per month, so one weekend per month. And then sometimes people were joking because they said, you know, you do a sale and then you go away for vacation and then you do a sale and then you go away for vacation. And you could set up a pace like that for yourself, um, you know, so you determine how many jobs you take and the kinds of jobs, um, you know, that you're that you're willing to take and you're willing to spend time on. Um, that for me has been really what's defined myself that my business is successful, that independence and the ability to not be kind of a slave to my business. Mm, I love your perspective on success. Success is about independence and not being a slave to your uh, to your business. Achieving the both your personal and professional uh, and business goals. Great perspective. I love how you uh, define success. And yes, that's the beauty. Uh, and I agree with you. That's the beauty of 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 our business because you can live. You can build your business around the lifestyle that you want. So, for example, with Lisa, she does one sale a month and the rest you can spend however she wants. It's with her loved ones, with her family. And her business can uh, can operate without her being there all the time. And I think that's the ultimate uh, goal that we want. That, that we sh- I'm sure a lot of us strive for that independence and that uh, the structure that lets our business uh, operate even with or without us there. So great perspective. Blair. Now, I know you've given us a lot of tips already, but I'd love for us to talk about one of the highlights of our show. And that's your advice for other entrepreneurs and those aspiring to be, especially to those who want to follow your footsteps. You obviously got some lessons learned under your belt of experience. So take it back to the past. Say you're going to start all over again as an entrepreneur and you are in a class with other entrepreneurs who are hungry and thirsty for success or even for making that first buck. What types of special suggestions or advice and lessons that you learn would you give your fellow entrepreneurs knowing where you came from and where you headed at? And if you can boil them down to your top three tips or advice, what would those three be? Definitely. I definitely think that, you know, whatever you're doing, probably somebody is doing it nearby. Don't worry about that. Um, You know, research your market. So if you're thinking of doing estate sales, for example, if if there's nobody else doing estate sales near you, then great. But if you are doing estate sales and someone else does them too, 
you should go and define, you know, your competition and identify what sets you apart from them. Because chances are that um, there's going to be clients for both types of styles. Um, you know, sometimes I I refer people to my competitor because I'll sometimes think, you know, this family is not really, they, they don't really appreciate my style of how I do a sale. They just want somebody to come in really quickly and set everything up. And they don't want, you know, all of the kind of beauty and everything that we add, which does to me, I believe that it really adds value and the time that we spend is worth it. But for some people, they don't, you know, it does not feel to them that um, they, that they want to spend extra money on my services to, to have me. So define, you know, what is going to set you apart from your competitors, you know, identify, you know, who is going to be your particular ideal client. Um, and for me, sometimes I've had clients who have told me I've interviewed 12 companies and honestly, you, your rate is higher, but I want you anyway, because, and that's the thing that I have defined is that's exactly my ideal client. The person who recognizes the, that I use great people, that we are trustworthy, that if we find things that it's going to be disclosed and they recognize that I can't do that for the cheap. I can't do that if I pay somebody, you know, the wrong way as a business owner or with cash or something like that. I have to use good workers that are W-2 workers and my clients really recognize that. So for me, I've defined my ideal client and I've defined my brand, what distinguishes me from my competition. So I would say, you know, know that, know what makes your business worth choosing instead of your competition. And then I would recommend assessing what degree of risk you want to absorb when you start your business. Um, I started my business with a very small capital investment of my own funds. So for me, that made my leap very easy because I knew that within a year, I would definitely be able to pay myself back even if I only had, I wanted to do 12 sales in my first year and I knew that even if I only got three sales in my first year, um, I would be able to pay back my investment. So kind of running those numbers um, and thinking about, um, you know, your risk and what your goals are and sit down and, and make a business plan um, on estatefusion.com. I do have my business plan that I used and um, it really helped me to define my goals and and be able to know that this risk wouldn't be too big of a burden for my family because it was a small investment and I was very confident that I would be able to recoup it. <laughs> Mm, I love those tips that you shared with us and golden nuggets in uh, those tips. Let me just summarize them again for our listeners. So the first one is to really research your market and identify what sets you apart. That's really important. Hone on on who is your ideal client is, who who is your target market, who's target your audience, who are your who are the customers that you can best serve with your product or with your services. I cannot stress that enough. And 
And of course, to second one is to create a business plan or start uh, or have a business plan that really helps you and gives you direction on where you want to go and how you're going to get there. Because uh, it's really important when you're starting a business to know what goals you have and how and the steps that you're going to take in order to um, achieve that. And I love uh, what Lisa just shared with us about really having that uh, being prepared uh, for the financials um financial aspect of building a business and especially for our listeners out there who are just starting out it's really important to have that financial cushion because there are expenses incurred in building a business and it really helps uh reduce that anxiety the stress that you really have to make money if you have that uh, cushion set aside so great tips here that uh, lisa just shared with us so let's take action on them today Last but not least, this question is one I've started asking our guests and one that our listeners have repeatedly asked, and that is, if there's one woman out there that you admire the most, who would that be and why? Um, I do. I really admire, I know it sounds strange probably, but I admire Oprah Winfrey a lot. I think because she is so successful just because of being herself. Um, you know, I think that she has built a whole industry around just being who you are. And for me, I think that that's what I try to remember about my business too, is that I I really, I do this because I love helping people, you know, and I think I do what I'm good at. And when issues come up, I am able to just talk to my clients honestly and tell them this is what I think. And, um, and just, you know, I think part of why I'm successful is just that honesty and that ability to know I'm doing something that's just true to myself. Absolutely. I mean, Oprah is such an inspiration for what she does, for who she is, and for what she brings into the world. So thank you, Oprah. We salute you here at Today's Leading Women for not only inspiring Lisa, but all of us here at Today's Leading Women. Lastly, Lisa, share our listeners what's one big benefit that they can get with your product or your service where they can get it, and what's the best way that our listeners can connect with you, and then we'll end from there. Definitely. Yeah, I'm on, you know, I use social media. So on Twitter, you can find me at eestates, E-E-S-T-A-T-E-S. And then you can always see, you know, what, I, what I'm doing. Um, our website, estatefusion.com, is a great um, resource if somebody is thinking about you know, going into this industry, I specifically um, designed that site for those who are starting their own estate liquidation business. Um, it's not about creating a program that you follow because there are lots of estate sale franchises out there for sale that are, you know, they're quite expensive. But what I am doing is helping people who want to um, make, create, and brand their own business. Because uh, I think being your own boss means, you know, setting up your own systems, not answering to anyone else, not following someone else's formula. So the success is all yours. Um, people can book me for consulting time either through estatefusion.com or I'm also on Clarity. You just search for Lisa Cruzy. It's L-I-S-A. And my last name is spelled K-R-O-E. S as in Sam, E. And 
I would love to hear from people. All right. So that's www.estatefusion.com. I highly encourage you, our listeners, to go there now. Estatefusion.com. And especially for our listeners out there who want to have a business, to learn about the estate liquidation business that as Lisa has and how you want how you want to become one if you want to, to be in the industry, Lisa can definitely help you with that one. Again, the link is www.estatefusion.com. And I'll make sure to have this on our show notes and from there you can link to her social media as well lisa cruci or which is spelled as k-r-o-e-s-e you can uh, find her on twitter and other social media as well again the link is www.estatefusion.com lisa thank you so much for being so generous in sharing your time your inspiring story your expertise for being a role model to many and for bringing such a positive energy with our listeners today women of the world including me appreciate you and wish you more success in business and in your life oh thank you so much that's so kind of you i really enjoyed it all right tlw listeners did you love this episode Here's your chance to recommend or vote for your favorite today's leading woman. Here's how to do it. Step number one. After you listen to this episode, go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Step number two. Click the rate and review button. Step number three. Say that you love listening to today's leading women podcast. Step number four. Type in the name of your favorite today's leading woman. Example, Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook, Ariana Huffington of Huffington Post, Oprah of Oprah Winfrey Network. You get it, right? Step number five, type your first name and where you are listening from. Every day, I will personally go through all of your ratings and reviews and scour the names of your favorite today's leading women. You will get to be featured as TLW fan of the day with your name and where you're listening from. And you'll be the first one to get notified when your favorite today's leading woman is featured on the show. Fair enough? Awesome. Go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. That's www.todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Feeling inspired and empowered to make it happen? Then take the next step and go get your free guide to the top 10 resources that today's leading women use to stay at the top of their game, plus Marie's favorite today. Visit todaysleadingwomen.com slash guide for your free download, and we'll see you on the next episode of Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg.